This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Hey, Ann, on this week's edition of This Bites, we're going to pay a little tribute to probably one of the most well-known chefs and uh, kind of celebrities in the culinary world, Anthony Bourdain. Unfortunately, he passed away due to a suicide. And so we're going to talk about his impacts on our, our lives and also probably one of our favorite shows uh, he's done in the last two decades almost from the various shows he's uh, put out. You know, he uh, apparently committed suicide, which was a shock to a lot of people this past weekend. And if you were on social media and you've probably seen a ton of kind of tributes and, mm-hmm. you know, emojis, sad emojis to uh, Anthony Bourdain. But he was more than that. Yeah. I, I I mean, obviously, I saw the 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 tributes pouring out and a lot of chefs on on Instagram, especially that were posting, you know, comments about how mm-hmm. and how much of an impact reading Kitchen Confidential mm-hmm. made on their lives, too, because it really I think to a lot of people it, that felt like the book that really captured mm-hmm. what it's like to work in a restaurant. restaurant yeah. So it was like, um, you know, it took away the, you know, before him, I mean, there were food celebrities, but most people thought it was kind of the glamorous kind of cool life. And you probably always got a sanitized um, version, version yeah. of what it was really mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And so my introduction to him, uh, basically was actually, I was in Minneapolis I was just scanning through the cable TV channels coming home from work. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, if people know I'm a fan of Bjork and Iceland. And I came across this episode on Travel Channel of this guy, which later became known to be Anthony Bedane, traveling to Iceland. And I was just fascinated by his storytelling of this country of that I had. I was just fascinated. The only thing I knew about it was Bjork. And he took, took me into this very deeper, authentic version of Iceland. And that's how I became introduced to him. It was probably over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it was probably the first season of No Reservations on Travel Channel. Uh, later, he went to do CNN, Parts Unknown. But his impact to me was his storytelling. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even it was beyond the food. And, and like, he took, you know, when you see food shows or foodies, they talk about the fancy restaurants, the James Beard Awarded restaurants, all those people who do gastronomy and all these fancy things in the food world. He took it to a level accessibility of showing what real people eat around the world. Absolutely. I mean, I I was thinking about this episode in Parts Unknown that was just aired Mm -hmm. this very month. Um, Earlier this month, it might have been his last episode, Mm -hmm. it was the one in Hong Kong. And one of the, I mean, one of the interesting parts about it is you get into the sociology of the Mm -hmm. culture. You know, you're always in a kitchen too where you're talking to someone who's actually a native and what that food means to them. So it's not just watching them cook the food and actually eating it, but what does this food mean to them? And so there's always some really deep story there. And, you know, Anthony always seemed to ask the right questions too. Yeah, he was, he never said he was a journalist, but people called him a journalist. Yeah. He was, to me, what a journalist should be. Yeah. Like most people he talked to would never talk to a journalist, but they talked to him. Um, And I think that's what set him apart. But the questions he asked was just like, you know, he wasn't trying to, trying to dig or trying to expose anything he was just trying to get to know you mm-hmm. and that's the power of any storyteller uh, i know a lot of people really discovered him uh, in the episode in vietnam when he had noodles mm-hmm. with president obama you know obama right. white house traveling around fancy food he's sitting in a you know plastic chairs eating noodles in vietnam with a beer and i think that 
kind of normalizing a person of that caliber, of that stature, was his greatest talent. Um, while we're talking about his impact on our, our lives and overall everybody else's lives, coming up next, we're going to talk about our favorite shows, where he traveled to. So stick around for that. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. Now we're back. And as you said before, we were talking about the impact that Anthony Redain uh, had on our lives and probably you people listening out there, their lives as well. Whether it's you were inspired to try something different in the kitchen or whether you try to travel to a country you've never been before, whatever it was. But now we're going to talk about, you know, what made him special, where he went to. You know what? You know he went to around the world, all different places. You know the typical places: Paris, London, Tokyo. But it was the places, at least to me, where I would never think of visiting. Um, but uh, what was some of the favorite places uh, Anthony Bourdain uh, went to that really grabbed your attention, Anne? Hong Kong, for certain, mm-hmm. and partly there's there's a very personal reason here because. Um, one of my very close family members is going to be moving there oh. later this year. And so I, uh, I'm hoping to have an opportunity to go to Hong Kong and stay with her. So there's a real reason I want to know more mm. about Hong Kong, and I'm intrigued by the culture mm. there. And there, in that episode, too, it was really interesting the way it delved into um, the people of Hong Kong trying to keep their identity um, from that of China. I mean, mm. there's a there's kind of a yeah. Because du- they the switch over from London control to China control happened. Was it 2000 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, and um, so it's a it's a really interesting episode because it really gets into the pride that they have that the natives of Hong Kong have for their country and how they're trying to keep all those traditions alive. And so I I felt like it just was a very tightly, beautifully woven story. Mm. But I'm also going to throw another, this is not an episode of one of his shows, but he came to Milwaukee like two, three years ago with yeah. Eric. Repair. Yeah, I was there. And I was there too, but mm. I, that was pre our, the, we, this was before our show. We didn't know each yeah. other then. And so I have to say, I, it wasn't like on my bucket list to go see him. A friend of mine had a ticket. He said, Hey, do you want to go? I said, sure. I really didn't know what I was getting into. <laughs> I didn't know what their relationship was like. Eric, um, and, and and Anthony's Anthony. and they're very different. They're so so like, different. And he, and well, Eric was like the like the good guy to um, Anthony's bad boy. Yeah. You know, they had that that sort of that you know duality. Opposite attracts, mm-hmm. as they as they say, the cliche goes. Did you was there anything in that show that was particularly memorable to you? It was that dynamic. It was the the the. But you saw like true friendship there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just staged or, you know, when you see certain things where people talk shows or like talking, you saw a true friendship there. Um, and I think that's what a lot of people saw in Anthony Bourdain. Like he, he had this bad boy personality, but there was a certain honesty about him that if he liked you, he really liked you. Mm-hmm. And you saw that on stage. And I really was impressed. And the, and the way he talks about, just food and culture is it's just an eye opener especially in the day and age where people kind of take culture kind of superficially in the day and age especially in the colonial world you know where food trends come and go you know it's very superficial which whether it's bad or good uh, but he really digs deep down into you know 
culture, which I really love, especially the things I love. One of my episodes I really love is when he goes to Korea, mm-hmm. you know, because my goddaughter is Korean. And really, you know, there's all this trends of Korean barbecue, Korean tacos. He really digs down into Korean culture, Korean kimchi. He talks about people escaping North Korea, which is now kind of timely now. You know, as you know, there's talks going on. Um, so to really understand where food comes from and, the, and the, the culture behind it really makes you more appreciative of that food, you know. But the episode that really grabbed me, and I've probably seen it the most, is this trip to, was the Parts Unknown episode to Mississippi. I uh, am from the South. I'm not from Mississippi, but I am a proud Southerner. Um, and as you know, Mississippi is, especially in this country, is the butt of all jokes. It's like last in every category you can think of, education, health, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And people make fun of Mississippi as this, you know, third world country. But that episode showed Mississippi in a whole different light. And it uh, made me tear up, some, like, a lot. And we showed, it was not just about the food, pigs, air sandwiches, it's about race. It's about, you know, that we're really not different than anybody else. You know, people in Milwaukee are no different than the people in Mississippi. They all have the same aspiration and dreams and goals in life that, anybody else has mm-hmm. and he really showed that mm-hmm. it, especially in Mississippi and, and dispelled a lot of that stereotypes and those jokes that people hear about Mississippi and really showed that people are racist everywhere you know people are good everywhere and so that's the episode that really tugged at my heartstring. Mm-hmm. so um, again uh, we want to just wish Anthony Dane's family and friends and colleagues uh, you know uh, pay them tribute and put our, our thoughts and prayers for them and uh, rest in power Anthony Bourdain speaking of that uh, I remember uh, Vanguard chef Shay Linkus Shay Linkus did an open letter on Milwaukee Record talking about kind of uh, Anthony Bourdain but more in the lens of depression and suicide yeah it, and, and I agree with what he said have you read it did you read it no where he talked about yeah it's great to tell people to call the number but if you worry about somebody um, or as a friend or family or colleague just talk to them just listen you know don't really try to tell them what to do or tell them that well try this do that just sit there and be there for mm-hmm. them and i totally agree with that um so that's just my two cents on that i don't know if you have anything to say no it's absolutely absolutely true i mean reach reach out mm-hmm. i mean even that idea of sending a text yeah. sending you know you're thinking of mm-hmm. that person because to you know? be honest I'm, I'm gonna put it out there i i I've been going through that a lot myself personally and just knowing that people just just say hi and give you a hug it goes a long way and it's not necessarily going to prevent anything but just to do that just to say you're there instead of just trying to tell them so it, it, it does go a lot of way it goes a long way mm-hmm. so on that note um, let's talk about a little something a little more um, happy how's that let's YMCA uh, they've been sending us a YMCA of Waukesha is uh, doing something for kids. You know, summer camps. You've been to summer camps, right? You've done summer camps. Archery. I never went to summer camp. You never went to summer no, camp? No, wow. no. Wow. You know no. what kind of summer camp I went to? I, I don't. I went know. to a couple summer camps. One of them was a computer programming camp. Uh, so I learned I how I made a, pla- a blackjack game. Then one in South Carolina, I went to a camp where I learned how to crab with turkey necks. So I cool. got crab legs. But the YMCA is hosting a couple of co- types of camps this year, uh, different times during this summer. First up is a program called Y Chefs. Of course, why YMCA? Mm-hmm. Uh, as the description goes, no more mac and cheese and frozen pizzas. Our chefs will learn the basics of cooking, how to run a restaurant. 
Wow. And create a recipe binder and the end of the week with a cooking competition. This is age for 7 to 13. Um, the first week of this will be held at the Southwest Y, June 18th to 22nd. Week 8, the second week, another option for a week choice is the Tri-County Y, July 30th to August 3rd. And the final uh, choice, third week, is August 13th to the 17th at West Suburban. What are your thoughts on 7 to 13, learning all that kind of stuff? I would say it's great to start young mm-hmm. and because that is the point where kids are they're seeing their parents cook in the mm-hmm. ki- kitchen or whatever family member is cooking for them. And that's when those... Um, that's when that interest starts. But also I think, you know, we hear so much about kids, you know, today not eating well, Mm -hmm. not eating like real food, farm to table food, you know. Um, But that's that's the time to actually kind of help them sort of create better eating habits and choosing better things instead of junk food or Mm. processed food or whatever. So I think if you get them in the kitchen and you're... Start them young. Yeah, you start them young, but you, you know, I mean... That is also a way to just, ex- it's just exposure, Tariq. Whether mm. they want to go with it and they don't want to go with it, it's exposure. But, you know, it, it's, I mean, I would say it's, I'm sure, helped along by mm. all of the interest there is out there yeah. now in cooking and food. And mm. the Food Network is huge. The King Channel is huge. they have like uh, MasterChef Junior. There's MasterChef Junior, junior. Yeah. exactly. So, um, you know, even in the Great British Baking Show, which I have mentioned a number of times here, <laughs> they always have like a teenage mm. contestant that is usually incredible. Do you think kids should be part, especially in the Master Chef Junior, do you think that's good for the kid to take part I in? I don't know. I, think, I don't know. I mean, that's a I like little bit like over this, the top. That's pretty over the I top. But I think that's just, I don't know. That's, it seems, it seems very stressful for young people to be in that kind of environment yeah i wouldn't want to do it i wouldn't want to do it but also there's a they're learning how to run a restaurant that seems kind of bold for 7 to 13 isn't it i don't know maybe a little business Um, acumen yeah i mean it's i guess it depends on how how deep how deep it goes delve into it and i can't imagine they you know get out the excel microsoft excel and like taxes and set up a llc right exactly (laughs) now that would be interesting but you know what that actually might not be a bad idea because there are you know the failure rate of restaurants is high, yeah. and, and there start are people angry. that start restaurants yeah. that don't have the business acumen. Start the tips. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. The next program the YMCA is offering is a farm-to-table program. There are two weeks to choose from. Well, each program is a week long. Again, this is for age 7 to 13 as well. Uh, July 16th to 20th, the Southwest and Tri-County Y. And then July 23rd to 27th, the West Suburban. So this is basically kind of look like an educational program for a week long all about learning where your food comes from, which is um, great. Because I've seen videos where people ask, you show kids, like, show this carrot, and they ask, like, what is this? And they don't, I don't know. Which is mind-boggling that mm-hmm. kids don't know what a carrot looks like or something like that. But this goes, explores local farms. I wonder if they take them to local farms. Uh, farmers markets, stores, and gardens. They will learn about where the food comes from and how to make healthy choices. They will be able to take their knowledge about healthy eating and create a healthy meal that can also be made at home. Mm. I love that program. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of kids, you know, the hot Cheetos, the candy and all that kind of stuff, which don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with a little dabble indulgence here and there, but to be able to learn that because you surprised how many millennials don't know how to cook. People like uh, yeah, uh, no, young I adults. Believe it. I, there's a lot of young adults that eat out a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. almost email every day. They don't know how to, they don't even touch their kitchen. 
And I think programs like this, uh, it's great and it needs to be more of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really cool. I think adults need this course too, you know? I would think. Yeah. And, but, you know, how many adults can, I mean, what the beauty of this is you, you've got an entire week, week yeah. to do that. Wow. What a luxury, which mm-hmm. few of us as adults have. Well, I think about, like, I mean, it'd be great to do that, like, at a, you know, kind of a happy hour thing during the week of for for sure. adults. Go to a, a place that you normally know, go to and then talk about it and then have a, a beer and eat some of the healthy foods while you have any, a beer or two beers or something right. like that. So it's just a, I don't know, maybe the why should think about that for adults. Yeah. You know, I think a lot more adults than kids probably need it. <laughs> uh, finally, we're going to talk about Father's Day. It's, it's Father's Day this weekend. Um, you have some events. I have a few suggestions if you're thinking of taking your dad somewhere to eat. Uh, one of them is a brunch. Bass Bay Brewhouse is one of my favorite places out in Muskego, which I don't think is technically lake country, but it's on a lake, so or it's on Bass Bay, so that gives it the lake country kind of feel. Um, they have a great, just a regular menu. It's kind of a supper club, but a little more casual. It's not a fancy supper mm-hmm. club at all. Um, and they have just a great Sunday brunch, which includes things like chicken in the egg, which is a hand-breaded chicken with fried egg, buttermilk biscuit, and sausage gravy. Um, the Wisconsin breakfast, which I think is perfect for a dad. It's a using or brat, cheesy scrambled eggs, a Pap's tall boy, and toast. And um, then if he likes something a little bit sweet, um, there's apple pie French toast with cinnamon apples, vanilla cream cheese, cinnamon streusel, and Wisconsin maple syrup. Um, another idea, which is uh, something that uh, this particular location did last year, um, it's a picnic in the park at Bavarian Beer House, which mm. is an old Heidelberg Park in Glendale. Um, and so this barbecue, they're going to be doing burgers, rotisserie chicken, brats, hot dogs. This is all from 11 to 5. They're going to have entertainment from noon to 4. So, you know, provided hopefully the weather's going to be nice. Mm. I think that would be a great way to spend it with your dad. Um, and then, you know, a lot of dads would probably love to have a good steak. Yeah. Unless the dad is a vegan. Unless oh, yeah. the dad is a vegan. But we're going to think about the dad not being a vegan here. <laughs> so Palmer's Steakhouse <laughs> in Heartland would be a place I would take him. They are open 3.30 to 9 p.m. And they are known for their bone-in steaks. So like bone-in ribeye, bone, bone-in filet. Um, they also have specials where you might get like a bone-in prime filet mm. or, or, or rather prime ribeye. They also do New York strips and porterhouses and if you like fish, walleye, salmon, scallops, mm. all those sorts of things. And it's out in charming downtown Heartland. Oh, sounds good. Well, that's what you can do for your dad. Also, if, if I was a dad, I guess I, I'm a cat dad, which sounds kind of sad. You're a god dad. <laughs> Buy me bourbon. There's probably there's no bourbon things going on in here. Like bourbons right. and cigars and that kind of thing. Anyway, seems cliche maybe. I don't know. They're new types of dads now. But that would be you, right? I mean, you would like a bourbon and, a, and cigars. Is that what you're saying? Bourbon and steak. Kind oh, of. bourbon and steak. I mean, steak I like cigars, right? but if it's between cigars and steak, I'll pick the steak. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, no more wrong. I like cigars, but, you know. So, wishing out there, everybody, happy Father's Day this weekend. Uh, that's this week's edition of This Bites. This bite is produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted Sonic Inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from Society Insurance and your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org or iTunes or anywhere you listen to your podcast. And as always, stay hungry. Keep the malort cold. Yeah. Yeah.
Malort would be a good Father's Day gift, maybe. For that Father's Day, fathers that, that made you mad. <laughs> that forgot your, forgot Mother's Day. Unless they're like you. I mean, you like Malort. You are a self-described Malort well, the, lover. Well, you know, the, 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 the Milwaukee celebrity judge, foodie, Darren Mosley, loves you, You've Malort. told me that, yeah. So maybe buy him a case of Malort. And he's a dad, too? Oh, he's a dad, okay. yeah. He deserves that. Yeah. But maybe, I, I don't know, maybe if I do that and I get in trouble... <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you the guy to buy me Malort? Yeah. Life. <laughs> anyway. Till next week, Anne. You take Until care. Until next week, you too, Tariq.